0: The 2012 comedy, FDR, American Badass. This is a spoof of the life and presidency of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In the same year that Tim Burton and Timur Balmambatov collaborated to spend $100 million to make Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, I think Kevin Sorbo and Garrett Braywith cashed in a winning $20 scratch off to make this
1: thing. Yeah. This is total flatback to the, yeah, that movie, uh, like that movie, uh, along with another, uh, series of books, which is like, uh, uh, pride, prejudice and zombies. They were like, right. you take some historic figure there. You got You know, you got a life story there, you know, and then you just change it and they add weird shit. You know? Exactly. And, uh, this is this is a total, uh, yeah, a schlocky or schlockier version than yeah, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter.
0: 2012 was the year for that stuff, man, because we in that year uh, and very in, in years leading up to it and immediately after we ended up with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter versus Zombies, Helen Keller versus Night Wolves. And yeah. this thing.
1: Well, there a year a couple of years prior to that, there was like this like weird, you know, a bunch of books that were written that way. And of course those books are gonna get made into movies. But right. like where Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and uh Pride Prejudice Zombies was kinda uh high class, you right. know, in field. This is like uh pornographic drawings on the back of a like a bathroom stall. Exactly. This is uh, the bottom barrel of like movie production, and which is weird because it's got a lot of stars in it, and yeah, like, uh, and some of them are been in some of my favorite shit throughout the years. You know, like some of them are like really stand out. I don't in my in my book A celebrity, just uh, too many like name, and it's 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 funny, and, and some parts <laughs> of it is a little too raw for me, like some of the humor. But it's, it's super just, cringy yeah it's cringy as shit it's like you got all these stars and then the rest of the people that work on the movie is like a bunch of dude bros you right. know and they they never get out of like that college high school like kind of like you know a national lampoon like mindset yeah exactly you know? and but it's still funny and like it's funny it, the trend continued like they got that one which it's like uh you know the guy that killed bigfoot and satan or some shit with uh ron perlman <laughs> i forgot what the fuck it's called but ron perlman's in one, Oh uh, god where he's like a CIA agent they kill bigfoot or and somebody okay. I, I don't know I, it's been a, a minute since i even read about that movie or heard about it but uh i don't remember watching half of it when i was really uh messed up uh i got you know a little too drunk you know and uh you know hey let's watch that movie with the sasquatch and i was like yeah ron perlman kicking Sasquatch. but anyway FDR, American Badass
0: Now, the one thing this movie does is it takes a lot of the racial stereotypes of the mid twentieth century and turns the volume all the way up on them. So if that sort of thing offends you, don't just skip this one. It's fine. Your life yeah. won't be uh, any worse off for not having seen it. Movie is rated R. Runs an hour and 32 minutes and has a 58% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. There are no critical reviews uh, of it. It's a direct-to-video uh, thing. It was written by Ross Patterson, who has worked on a few things. Oh, this is the one that I wanted to mention earlier and I've, I forgot about. Darnell Dawkins, Mouth Guitar Legend. Helen Keller versus Night Wolves, the new guy and Pool Boy drowning out the Fury.
1: That sounds horrible. It does.
0: <laughs> the Darnell Dawkins thing is like a celebrity interview documentary kind of thing with people impersonating celebrities and talking about this, this, uh, this guy who lived the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle of the 60s, but he didn't actually play a guitar. He just got on stage with Jimi Hendrix and made guitar sounds with his mouth.
1: Or kind of like, what's his name from Police Academy?
0: Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, Kind of like um, Michael Winslow, yeah.
1: But it's like a made-up guy documentary type thing? Yes, yes. That's cool. I don't know.
0: It's bizarre. It was directed by Garrett Braywith, He's acted in some stuff and and worked as a writer and producer as well, known for General Hospital, Judging Amy, Gene Simmons, Family Jewels, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The movie stars Barry Bostwick as Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Barry Bostwick, of course, known as Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
1: Oh, man, that guy, he hasn't been in so many bad movies. Like, I can't even... Like, yeah, yeah, really has, Wonder. yeah. But uh Megaforce, if you have never seen that, I highly recommend that. Uh, all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, he was, was the, the mayor 19, 20, in Spin City? In... Sorry, what was Spins? that? Oh, man, dude. Nah, I forgot about that show, Spin City. Yeah. That was a great show, like uh Michael J. Fox and shit. Yeah, he was the
0: mayor in Spin City. He was also in Cougar Town. And he was the voice of Grandpa Clyde Flynn on Phineas and Ferb.
1: Yeah, he does a lot of voice work. Uh,
0: he does a lot of voice work. Lynn Shea as Eleanor Roosevelt. She is uh, another character actor. She played Magda, the chain-smoking, leathery, tanned neighbor in There's Something About Mary.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's like in every New Line cinema movie ever yeah. made. Uh, her, her brother's Bob Shea. Who was like the head of that studio, and yeah, they appear in so many fucking like just background characters, like just people at restaurants and shit. Or but yeah, she is she's funny as fuck. She's in uh, what was that bowling movie? Oh, the one King with P- Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Kingpin. She was the she yeah. was the uh, crotchety old fucking uh, landlord. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, she she gets a lot of uh, old lady roles, right? She's she's a beautiful lady. She's just in wonders of makeup, you know? Right.
0: She also uh, appeared in the Insidious franchise, Dead End, and the Showtime series, Penny Dreadful City of Angels.
1: Yeah. She always reminds me of um, the Evil Witch, you know, in uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. But like be like before it turns into color, and of course she's a witch. Like when she's just that like that mean lady on the bike, right? In fact, I think nah, yeah, nah. I thought I thought I was like man, I'm pretty sure she played that in a like a, maybe like a biopic or something. But I think I, I just seen someone like do a picture of her in, like a, like Photoshop or something. But like yeah. she looks so strikingly like like that. It's like oh yeah, I can camera. see
0: she could pull that off really well. Ray Weiss is Douglas MacArthur, a.k.a. Dougie Matt.
1: Yo, man, fucking Ray Weiss is crazy ass, man. This is another
0: prolific character actor. He's appeared in soap operas and primetime dramas all through the 80s and 90s. He was the voice of Commissioner Gordon in Batman the Killing Joke. He's appeared in Twin Peaks, Airwolf, Robocop, and Fresh Off the Boat.
1: Also, uh, he's done a lot of weird shit, like, on Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah, he like, Because, uh, you know, like, a, uh, Twin Peaks has, like, a reoccurring, like, fandom, you know? It's like every couple years, you know, the kids that, like, or the people that like Twin Peaks, their kids discover it. Right. And he to psycho over it. And so, like, he gets, like, they'll just pop up in movies and shit all of a sudden. And, uh, right. And he's got the creepiest fucking eyes, man. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Like him and Meg Foster, I'm glad they don't they didn't have kids or anything because they they would just have the creepiest alienist looking kids on the planet.
0: Bruce McGill is Lewis. He has appeared in Time Cop, The Insider, Animal House, and My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. Uh,
1: he also played God in that one episode of uh, Quantum Leap. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he was like a bartender that was like a. Maybe it might be God. Maybe not. it was the last episode. Everybody knows it, you know, Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, that, that thing, I don't know, that one episode, even though it was like a, a crappy episode and it wasn't supposed to be like the end of the series, it, it still haunts me to this day. It's just so weird of a concept for a, <laughs> a series finale. Kevin
0: Sorbo is the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Kevin Sorbo, of course, known for Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, <laughs> Andromeda. And so many Christian TV shows and made for TV movies,
1: yeah, uh, also known for a lot of backstage drama, yeah, like he, like, yeah, no, he's constantly getting blacklisted. <laughs> that's probably why he went like he just he exclusively makes stuff for like ear flicks now.
0: Well, he got in trouble one at one point on uh, CNN. I think it was for defending like, oh. defending Mel Gibson's anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah, and that's just like stuff that was like caught on camera. There's a lot of stuff that he's done that like. Oh, I'm sure. To, like, yeah, no, I don't want to get into that. I'm but then, absolutely like, certain. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's got Kevin Sorbo in it. Uh, I just rise my my hands up and like, eh, you know, like, eh. hey, yeah. yeah, he, he does a good uh, ghost of Abraham Lincoln. He does, <laughs> which is
0: kind of interesting because, you know, he's done all of this Christian programming, all of this goody two shoes, um, scare everybody with hell stuff. And then yeah. he's laying on the floor of the Oval Office, smoking a joint with Franklin Roosevelt.
1: That's what's weird. Yeah, because even though he's all like that and stuff, he he does come out and he does like weird shit like this. Yep, especially like back in the day, like uh after that that space show he was on got canceled. Yeah, Andromeda. Andromeda. Yeah, there was a couple years like in the uh like you know, early 2000s where it was just like he would he would appear in like any piece of shit movie. You He would right. pretty much do anything. Yeah.
0: Well, that was when he was trying to make a comeback because he'd had those strokes and just about crippled him, you know. He, he lost so much weight after having those strokes and wasn't sure yeah, he was he ever going to be able to act again, so he took everything. Yeah. And this guy only appears in the opening of the movie, but you've got to mention him, Richard Riley, as Senator Bronson. Yeah. This guy is the Iron Man of character actors with over 460 films and TV shows on his IMDb listing.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Uh... I hear his voice, and I immediately can conjure up his face and shit. Yeah. Uh, He he just has that, like... No, go ahead.
0: He's appeared in Casino, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, that short-lived Judd Hirsch series, Superior Donuts, Transformers, Age of Extinction, Grounded for Life, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Mighty Joe Young, Star Trek Enterprise, and as the ever-stressed-out Tom Smakowski, inventor of the jump to conclusions Matt in office space
1: that yeah that's mostly what like my generation known for but yeah be honest he's he's been in like all our fucking lives he's like always got a mustache maybe comes with a glasses maybe not but he's like just like this chipper grandpa like dude the guy made a
0: million dollars
1: Yeah, I love him. I love him. Yeah, he great. looks a
0: lot like Wilfred Brimley in this. I was movie about to too. say, man,
1: he's like like if Wilfred Brimley is like a sad at like faced basset hound, you know, <laughs> this guy is like the opposite. This is like a like a uh like a perky Sharpe or something. He's just like this, you know. He, yeah, he's Wilford something. Brimley
0: once they get his meds figured out.
1: Yeah. Or like if, if Wilfred Brimley is the sad uh face He's the happy face like that, like the weird drama logo, Yeah, It's like that. It's like the the exact split opposite or something. Yeah.
0: And I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. Hey, Jesse, guess what? Oh, what? What? We got a message from one of our listeners.
1: Oh, man. I was just screaming at the void, I thought. I don't podcast very often, but when I do, the only podcast I
0: choose is Celluloid Dumpster Fire, when no other podcast will do. But well, we sent Clay a t-shirt uh, for leaving us a message. You want a t-shirt? Go to speakpipe.com slash cdfpod and leave us a message.
1: Talk to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: be your friend. Opens with what? Movie opens with what happens to be my favorite production company title card, Street Justice Films.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: Which is a couple of 8-bit double dragon style karate dudes and a little kid saying street justice bitch
1: yeah it kind of remind me of uh yeah <laughs> Jesus uh, Jesus shows you the way the highway and shit the way they yes. do like, a, a shit like that yeah yeah I love that shit but yeah not that not that big of a budget or something this is like just yeah like a uh, non-animation title card It's it's cute I like it I loved it it
0: was it was funny We get a prologue narration. Barry Bostwick is reading words that appear on a piece of paper attached to a brick wall with thumbtacks. Explaining how uh, Franklin Roosevelt was going to save the world. Followed by a shot of Franklin Roosevelt with a Tommy gun and a hip hop uh, backing track. Until the presidential seal appears like the Batman logo to change the scene. And they do that throughout the whole movie. You even get that little Batman scene change music.
1: Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking I like funny. That. that was funny. Uh, if you ever got a chance to see this DVD in a video store, that's the first image that's like on the cover of the movie. So that that pretty <laughs> much sold me. That sold me. Franklin when Roosevelt it.
0: in a wheelchair with a Tommy gun.
1: Hell like, yeah! No, uh, no, it's I'm sorry. It was on the front. It, when him when on the front of the movie, it's like he's in a wheelchair. Right. And on the, on the sides of the wheelchair, is just like machine guns. Yes. And it's just like shells coming out of the fucking thing and shit.
0: We changed to a forest flyover, and in the woods is Franklin Roosevelt with some buddies telling a story about Woodrow Wilson asking people if they thought his wiener was too wrinkly to appear before Congress. <laughs>
1: oh man it sounds
0: like comments already uh, i mean there's gonna be dick jokes through this entire movie oh yeah if you get tired of dick jokes number one i probably don't want to know you number two you shouldn't watch this movie
1: yeah (laughs) it is literally littered with dick jokes uh yeah i forgot about that until we were like we watched a movie. I don't remember any dick it's like they, This is a special edition. They would they added more dicks. I don't know. They I think
0: so. It's yeah, an easy it's joke, man. The
1: easy joke. Yeah, low-hanging fruit and shit. You know I mean?
0: Well, there's something moving really fast through the woods, and they pull out the binoculars to see what it is, and it is a werewolf. And when I say it's a werewolf, it's a man in a mask that looks like if Lon Chaney's Wolf Man and Grizzly Adams had a baby.
1: Yeah. It's not like, ooh, scary Wolfman well, like, you know, with Benito del Toro, you know. Right. Shit. It's not like that at all. This is straight up like uh Teen Wolf's dad when he got him changing into a werewolf in the bathroom. This is a, he's like he's wearing like a flannel shirt and it's tucked in his pants, you know? Yeah and he just got like a fluffy head mask on and it's fucking weird.
0: Well, they run for the safety of a nearby cabin, and Senator Bronson is the first to die as the werewolf attacks him, and he's yelling, Why me? I'm old and fat and don't taste good. Frank and Lewis watch this. Frank shoots the werewolf in the chest, and and it, it knocks him backwards. It's a powerful shotgun that he's got there. Yeah, no, but Lewis asks him, "Did you use silver bullets?" And he says, "No. Why?" And the werewolf just kind of jumps back up to his feet. And he says, "That's why." Mm-hmm. It catches another member of their hunting party and rips his chest open, pulls the man's heart out, and throws it at Lewis, hitting him in the face, causing Lewis to ask, "Why? Why would you even take the time to do that?" But <laughs> Uh, so the, the fourth wall disappears a lot
1: here. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Uh, sanity uh, starts leaving too. Like everything goes crazy. Is Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. We're like, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, had like, was like all broody and dark and mysterious. This comes off like a fucking, like a mad TV skit. Right. It just goes on forever.
0: <laughs> right. This movie knows exactly what it is and it's not going to pretend to be anything else.
1: They don't even try to make it look like the past more than just no. like a little bit costume. Uh-uh. Yeah, it totally looks like the mid 2000s.
0: I mean, we're talking about in 1933, Franklin Roosevelt was the first hip hop president.
1: Hey, you know, yeah, I, I wasn't there. I get it.
0: Well, Frank decides to square off with this werewolf in a bare knuckles boxing match, and they end up grappling and the werewolf bites Frank on the leg. That's when Frank pulls Eleanor the eulogy maker, a derringer loaded with silver bullets from his ankle holster, and shoots the werewolf, and then he passes out.
1: He was saving it for his wolf. Yes. Yes, he
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> saving it for well, the Frank life. Wakes up, Save my life. Frank wakes up from a coma in the hospital. Eleanor and Lewis are there. And Frank is an incorrigible potty mouth. There's a nurse standing in the door, and uh, he looks at Eleanor and says, "How you doing, kitten tits?" And she says, "Frank, it's kitten breasts." Uh-uh. Well, the doctor walks into the hospital room, and Lewis immediately pulls a gun on him, which the doctor appears to be pretty used to, And he just tells him, "Put that away
1: uh-huh.
0: And the doctor explains that the werewolf gave him polio. So his legs are paralyzed. Well, Frank wants to know if his dick still works. And the doctor says, yes, it does. I had the nurse run some tests to make sure. And uh, they Frank and the nurse kind of share a look there. <laughs> now Why the doctor would run tests to check that, I don't know. But I don't know. She might have just taken that on herself to do.
1: It could have been something because he's a president. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Could but- be. Uh, at this point, he's just governor of New York. Oh. Frank is confident that he's going to recover from this in just a few weeks and even challenges Lewis to a foot race in two weeks' time. But the doctor uh, says, look, you're not going to recover from this. And he pulls back the blanket to reveal Frank's tiny, shri- shriveled-up, floppy polio legs.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's oh, like they got two... Latex or silicone legs with no structure to them at all, and just flopping them around in the bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it lo- looks like they like they're like mannequin kid leg size, and then they just put like some socks on them. And yep. yeah, it's all it's all foam, you know, and it's just like uh, like almost like Kermit the Frog, you know. Yes, like he used to yell. It was like that, but you know, you can't see the the little bars and shit. Yeah, it's a lot like Kermit.
0: Well Frank the doctor leaves the room but he wants Frank to go with him he's got or Lewis to go with him he's got something he needs to show Lewis they head down to the morgue and the doc wants to show Lewis something that's pretty important and it affects not just the governor but the entire world and he pulls the sheet off of one of the bodies there in the morgue and it's a man laying face down with a squirrel up his ass Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. It's this one over here. He pulls the sheet off another table and there's a werewolf lying there. They know that this werewolf, the werewolf has a swastika tattooed on his belly and they know he's German because he had a, a copy of Hitler's book, Mein Kampf. He had a vinyl record of the collected works of Beethoven. And he had a German to English dictionary. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and Lewis can't understand why, why Germany would be sending werewolves because their war with Germany ended in 1917 uh, or 18, somewhere around there. They haven't been at war with Germany for a long time. But anyway, he doesn't want this to to upset Frank, so he is going to make this werewolf disappear. Back in the hospital room, Frank is upset about having to spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Meanwhile, outside the, ho- the hospital, a group of folks have assembled to support Frank in his recovery, and they want him to run for president. Lewis thinks Frank should go outside and make an appearance, but Frank doesn't want to be seen in a wheelchair. And that's when they bring in a visitor for Frank, uh, a 10-year-old boy named Jimmy that he constantly calls Johnny. Mm -hmm. And he is also in a wheelchair, but it's worse than that. He stutters, and so Frank has to make fun of him for stuttering. Frank is, is a real jerk to this kid. The boy urges Frank to run for president, though. And actually urges him and actually gets Frank into his wheelchair. So so there's that much came from it. Outside the hospital, Frank appears before the crowd of supporters and he is full of jokes for the reporters there. When asked how it feels to be the first invalid to run for president, Frank actually gets pretty angry and appears to announce his candidacy, candidacy for president out of spite. As they're getting in the car to leave the hospital, Lewis tells Eleanor that she's going to have to sit on Frank's lap because there's a werewolf in the trunk. I thought he was going to do that so that Frank wouldn't find out about
1: it. Uh.
0: (laughs) So much for that. At the governor's mansion, the bad double entendres continue when Lewis asks Eleanor if she debriefed Frank because he hates taking Frank's boxers off. And it just gets worse from there. She is going to sleep in a different room tonight because she cannot stand to be in the same bed with those shriveled up legs. Lewis tells her that, uh, that she needs to get her act to get it together and support Frank because there might be more werewolves. Now, Lewis was going to make the werewolf disappear so that Frank didn't have to worry about it. So now Frank's going to go in and tell or Lewis is going to go in and tell Frank all about the werewolves. The, a lot of this movie just, does uh, well, that part of the movie makes no freaking sense with the rest of the story.
1: Well, no, it really, like, makes sense. It's just yeah. all, like, homework for dig jokes and um FDR just being a fucking <laughs> asshole to everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, he said he was a jerk kind of to the kid, but, like, he's kind of a jerk to everybody. He really and, is, like, yeah. Including, including himself. Like, he's just, it's Barry Boswick, like, up to, like, 13
0: yeah. Lewis tells Frank all about the were- how the werewolf might be German. They can't understand why Germany's sending uh, werewolves over here, because the last politician to be attacked by a werewolf was Abraham Lincoln just before he ran for president. Um, Frank kind of thinks the biggest problem that they're facing is that the newspaper article about his presidential bid doesn't mention anything at all about the fact that his wiener still gets hard. Uh, (laughs) even going to the point of tearing a hole in the newspaper right around the area of his own lap and sticking his finger through it. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, they decide to wait until after the election to turn the dead werewolf over to the FBI. They don't want the FBI to be using the German werewolf against Frank in the presidential campaign. Next, we get black and white film of Frank on the campaign trail. In 1932, we start off greeting people in Grand Central Station. A woman asks him for his autograph and wants to know if his wiener still works. <laughs> she says, He says yes to both. You can have an autograph and it still works. In Pittsburgh, he's telling dirty jokes to coal miners. In Baltimore, I loved this bit. He's joking with dock workers. And one of the dock workers tells him about his friend Tommy. His Tommy used to work on the docks. Then union went on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough. His wife Gina was taking care of him. Gina works the diner all day. Um, these folks are living on a prayer, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's the stupidest joke, and I love it. Bon Jovi dock work. <laughs> In Georgia, Frank comments on a young woman's melons, and she tells him they are ripe for the picking. And he says, I meant your tits. And she said, well, so did I. Oh,
1: well, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Meet Cleavon and Marietta Buford. Cleavon is a repube. I, I think he misunderstood Republican, but he's going to call it repube throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Marietta invites them to stay for dinner in a blowjob, and uh, Cleavon assures them that they will be safe from werewolves. Plus, he has some moonshine that doesn't taste like asshole grease. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the house having dinner when the racist uh, dessert menu shows up. A black man enters with a chalkboard hanging around his neck with the dessert menu on it. Uh, this is Curtis, and Lewis is horribly offended that the Bufords would treat Curtis this way, which causes Curtis to really go off on Lewis uh, for his assumptions. Apparently, Lewis got this situation entirely wrong. Um, and now, uh, uh, the, you know, the Bufords have been really good to him. And if he can be excused, he's going to go out into the backyard and play basketball. Well, everybody decides to head to the warm Springs. Frank is able to use his legs or at least move his legs in, in the, in the hot tub, basically. And Cleavon mentions that werewolves hate warm water. He was also attacked by werewolves and uses the warm Springs to relieve his polio symptoms. And this is when Cleavon tells Frank the story of when Levon was attacked by a werewolf which he stabbed with a sterling silver cheese knife that he always has on his person. <laughs> hey, that's I'll convenient. The- yeah. He can walk with a cane as long as he has plenty of peaches, peaches is a woman who immediately pops up out of the water to introduce herself.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: Next day, as they're leaving, Frank offers Clevon a position of vice president of the hot tub committee if he gets elected president. And Clevon tells a story about how he found a magic hat and put it on a snowman that came to life and showed him uh, a future. And he's super emotional and slobbering like crazy and promising that he will deliver a victory for roosevelt in georgia
1: <laughs> oh and he's god just, yeah
0: he's just open mouth crying spitting all big, through
1: this big snob bubbles just fucking uh drapes of fucking spit coming off his face just yeah he's just it's a whole yeah i remember that it, it's fucking just out of nowhere too but <laughs> like, he just goes in a whole tirade Like, if I was the president, or I was, you know, FDR, I would have just gassed it. Just, please, go. Yeah. Like, I I don't even care about politicking at this point right now. I just want to get away from these fucking weirdos.
0: Well, as they're driving off, Frank says to Lewis, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. They're they're not far enough away that Cleavon can't hear them, and he hollers, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) He's just a moron. Oh, the one thing, as they drive away, we cut to the backyard where Curtis is breakdancing with a basketball. Yeah. Curtis Curtis is played by Ahmed Best, yeah. who is probably better known to folks as Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar
1: Binks, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he had a big backlash from fucking Jar Jar, you know. Yeah, he did. People wanted him yeah. dead, and he, he wanted himself dead. It was really sad. Uh, fucking fans ruined everything, man. But yeah. uh
0: well, there were folks who were who were concerned that making Jar Jar sound the way he did was insulting yeah, no. to
1: black people. I, that was it. But no, Jar Jar that. wasn't
0: even human.
1: Yeah, but uh the whole thing were just people didn't like that character, not because of that reason. Just cause yeah. they hated that character and thought it was, you know, and then, uh I but yeah, it, yeah, the character did turn
0: him. Star Wars into a cartoon to, for that little bit, though.
1: But there's Ewoks, man. Yeah, there, there was. There, two, that's there was, true. There was, there was two the Star, bears Wars of Star Wars Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, there was two <laughs> cartoons in Star Wars: uh droids and Ewok village, and right, man, those droids kicked ass. I remember that cartoon like vividly. Uh, Ewoks, it was alright. It was cool when I was <laughs> little. But they are the Star Wars Care Bears. Oh yeah, no. Definitely.
0: <laughs> it's November 1932, and the election night results are coming in. It turns out that Roosevelt has won a handful of states, and Hoover has won a handful of states. Uh, Roosevelt has won Georgia, just as Cleveland promised. All right. Frank and Eleanor's gay son, James, comes running in with an important announcement. He he has, he's done the math, and he says that Frank has won the election. Frank threatens to beat him if he's sniffing glue again. And then the radio announcer confirms that it is, in fact, true, and the
1: party begins. Oh, my God, no. Oh, I forgot about that party. <laughs> <laughs> This is like Lewis most... grabs
0: a jar of gumballs and just pours them over his face. Oh, God, yeah. Frank grabs a pitcher of milk and dumps it on his head. Yeah. Um, he rips his shirt open and falls on the floor, writhing. Eleanor jumps up, grabbing her breasts and dancing
1: around. Yeah, she takes her bra off. Through her sleeve and just through her sleeve.
0: It. Not doesn't unfasten it, just reaches through her sleeve and jerks it off.
1: Rips it the whole fucking way and just starts like yeah, <laughs> dancing. My own. Oh my god, their son, Micah like can't pooping in a
0: vase. He just
1: like takes a vase off the fucking fireplace or something and just yeah, squats right there in front of everybody and poops in the vase. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> i mean what more can you say about that <laughs> and not t- not tastefully done either like in those me myself and irene and shit you know at least that it was like ice cream and then transitioned to poop yeah this you're just this is like some jackass shit you're just watching a guy pooping a vase at this point <laughs> well a secret service that agent,
0: that agent bursts in and yells what the fuck are you doing just kidding woodrow wilson did the same thing when he won the election But seriously, you got 15 minutes to get it together because we got to get Frank to the White House. I get newsreel footage of the parade to celebrate Roosevelt's election. Meanwhile, in Nazi Germany, werewolf Hitler is very upset that Roosevelt won the election. He orders his aide to get Mussolini on the phone. His aide is also a werewolf. Hitler shoots the aide, though, because he accidentally called Mussolini's pizza house in New York because they have great pizza. Then he gets the correct Mussolini on the phone. They decide they're going to try to take over the world, but they need to get Emperor Hirohito on board. So Mussolini's aide is ordered to call Hirohito. He accidentally calls Hirohito's dry cleaning in New York. That gets him shot. And they get Emperor Hirohito on the phone. The accents are so over the top. In oh yeah, Hitler doesn't even sound even a little bit German. Mussolini no. sounds Mario
1: Brothers Italian. Oh, that guy's a, like a famous Italian actor. He's been in a lot of shit too. Yeah,
0: Hirohito is every every bad Asian stereotype. Oh yeah, that this whole
1: movie is just a uh, patchwork stereotypes yes that's the kind of humor it is they just, they just oh there's a stereotype and, and, they just and it's going. not even yeah.
0: remember when we could get away with crap like this it can you believe people used to say shit like this
1: yeah that's the kind of thing it is is like that yeah
0: well, Hitler wants to go to war, but first Mussolini is going to send in his mafia werewolves to spread around Italian wine contaminated with werewolf blood and turn all the Americans into werewolves.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's supposed to be like three. It's like the three big bads of World War II, right? Right. The as Axis. Werewolves, yeah, the Axis as werewolves laying down their plan, but it comes off as like three mean girls in high school. Like, cooking up something for somebody they don't like the next day? Yeah. That's the way it comes off as. It's not like, you know, oh, well, you know, it, it's like, ooh, let me tell you what I'm going to do, you know? It's like that. It's like fucking, it's not like, you know, they, they don't do, yeah, a good impressionation of all these people. They're, they're just like fucking douchebags with werewolf makeup on their face.
0: That's exactly what they are. Yeah. Hitler is going to contribute some German beer contaminated with werewolf blood. Uh, Hiro- Hi- Hirohito thinks this is a fine plan, so he is going to contribute a case of sake, uh, which they think is ridiculous because only women in the gay community drink sake. But he's going to do it anyway, and Hirohito is upset because everybody's making fun of him, so when they all get off the phone, well, he shoots his aide too. In the White House in 1933, we have the introduction of the White House staff with George Freeman, the butler. And there's some pretty bad racial jokes there. Well. Yeah. But George is a pretty decent guy because he knows where the weed stash. He knows about the weed stash in George Washington's humidor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the guy playing that kid. He's a good actor. He him really is.
0: He also has a secretary that will write down anything he dictates, uh, which leads to another dick joke, of
1: course. They really did just take every dick joke that they learned in high school and just put it into a script. Every one of them.
0: Yeah, this yeah, seems like no. a script written by a bunch of eighth graders. Yeah, no. They ran out of things to draw wieners and Van Halen logos on, so they wrote this movie. <laughs> Frank wants to speak directly to the American people over the radio, and he asks if George can hook that up, and George can, by golly. So they get him all hooked up to go on the radio. And the Delano and George Freeman invent scratching during Frank Roosevelt's very first fireside speech because there's some music playing on on there. And he said, let me take this record off. No, let it play. And he accidentally makes the needle scratch. Sorry about that. No, keep doing it. It sounds good. And so he's scratching as background music to the very first Fireside uh, address. Got to various people listening. A woman is sitting in the kitchen listening on the radio as her kid eats out of the dog bowl. And not like he's taking food out of the dog bowl and putting it in his mouth. He is face down in the dog in the, bowl. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: businessmen are listening to the address in a restroom as they wait for the use of various glory holes. Frank's son James is at a flower shop pooping in a vase again. The shop owner threatens him in a way that gives him uh, the idea for the Cleveland steamer. <laughs> <laughs> Frank reveals his new deal, and he's going to close the border to foreigners and end Prohibition. Delano out. As soon as he finishes the speech, the FBI wants to talk to Frank. This is where we introduce General Douglas MacArthur, a.k.a. Dougie Mack, and Albert Einstein, which is the opening for a whole bunch of Einstein jokes. Yeah. Nice going, Einstein. Uh, they have a werewolf corpse. Dougie Mac explains that Frank cannot end Prohibition yet because the German beer and Italian wine have been contaminated with wolf blood, and they've got to get rid of all that before they can end Prohibition, or else all of America will turn into werewolves. In the meantime, we got a new toy for you, the Delano 2000. Yeah. The Delano 2000 is a tricked-out wheelchair. It's got rocket launchers made out of dryer duct. hmm And 164 rounds of silver bullets in the wheels so you can spin the wheels and get machine gun action. Oh, yeah. This thing was made for killing werewolves. He also thinks that Italy, Germany, and Japan are forming an axis to take over the world. Well, the Delano is as street as they come. He's got this shit on lock. As they prepare to take on the werewolves, you hear Lewis yell, Regulators, mount up. <laughs> At the Baltimore Harbor, Harbor, Italian mafia werewolves are loading wine on a truck when FDR shows up in his new wheelchair. Yeah. Are the werewolves? The werewolves are making jokes about his polio
1: and making cripple jokes, basically. Yeah, also, they're acting acting like uh, 1970s gangsters that you would see in a Scorsese flick. They're not time period accurate at all.
0: No, no. They're not even Soprano mafia. They're just, yeah, they're Scorsese mafia.
1: Yeah, they're stereotypes. Take that.
0: Well, that causes Frank to spin the wheels on his wheelchair, and that opens fire with the silver bullets as Puccini plays in the background. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, from that scene from The Godfather when all those people were being taken out and Marlon Brando was at the opera. Uh, One of the werewolves begs for his life. (laughs) As Frank shoots up all the bottles, one of the werewolves falls to his leaves and, and begs for his life, and he's, uh, fine, I'll, I'll suck your dick. Suck your
1: dick. Yeah, he's, uh, he's totally doing that scene from Minister to Society. Uh, yeah. if you've seen that movie, you know what we're talking about, but yeah, they're doing that scene in this movie.
0: Yeah, this movie is awesome. a bunch of scenes from other movies. He recreated
1: very poorly. <laughs>
0: Frank tells him to get out of here and tell his leader that if he sees another werewolf in the U.S., he will go to Italy and kill them all, and then he uses his rocket launchers to blow up all the contaminated wine. We get another newsreel segment, FDR ends Prohibition, and there are are shot uh, clips of, of people doing body shots off a topless woman at the bar. Yeah. In Italy, Mussolini hears from Vincenzo how Frank showed up and killed everybody. Uh, Mussolini wants to know how this one guy managed to survive. Did you offer to suck his dick? Uh, you offered to suck his dick, didn't you? <laughs> That's one thing I like about this movie is they do those jokes pretty well.
1: Yeah. The gross out humor they do great.
0: Well... Mussolini has Vincenzo call Hitler, and then Mussolini shoots him. Hitler, you you don't want to make a call for anybody in this movie. You're going to end up dead. Yeah. Hitler wants to do something that rhymes with go to fucking war. Uh, (laughs) They get Hirohito on the three-way. Hirohito is practicing his hibachi chef skills. (laughs) They are telling Hirohito about what happened when an aide enters. With a package from America, um, they returned his pussy sake with a note that says, don't ever send this shit here again. Uh, So they decide to go to war. Hitler is going to take over Poland and Czechoslovakia and most of Western Europe. Hirohito is going to take over China before moving on to Russia. Mussolini, uh, he's going to take Ethiopia. Damn. And they start giving him crap about that. And he says, look, if you're in England and things start going bad, you're going to want somebody to come up from the South. And I'm going to be there in Ethiopia. Next, we cut to green army men on a map in the Oval Office. <laughs> Not because they're planning out a strategy or anything, but because there were green army men on the map. Uh, Frank and Lewis and Dougie Mac are meeting Clevon and his wife, Marietta. Uh, Dougie Mack apparently was at the Bufords just last weekend. And, and Clevon's wife is available to anybody at any time for any reason. Uh, Winston Churchill shows up, and he wants Roosevelt to supply them in their war against the w- werewolves. They need weapons, and they need tanks and airplanes. Uh, Cleavon offers his wife's breasts as a weapon, and she's all for that. And he says, no, we need things that'll make a big bang. And he said, well, you know, you can you can motorboat them and make, all, make your own noises. But there's an election coming up, so they can't actually give England things to support them in the war, but they can lease them, and then you only pay for what you use, kind of a rent-a-center war financing program. Oh, then we get a newsreel. Hitler invades Poland. Werewolves are approaching England. Winston Churchill has sent a telegram asking for troops and for Mrs. Buford. His secretary, uh, Frank's secretary, tries to relax him by massaging his shriveled polio legs because she's into that kind of thing. And he says, they look like uh, little hot dogs. And and she says, yeah, then we used to have hot dog eating contests in the town where I grew up. And she reaches under her skirt and pulls out a squeeze bottle of ketchup and mustard and sprays them all over Frank's legs and starts licking it off. That's when
1: Eleanor walks in. That's the grossest shit ever, Matt. (laughs) Ketchup,
0: man. You oh, know no, I, you know Bill Clinton was scrolling through the, the listings one day and and watched this and go, I, I know where they got that idea.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that was an actor <laughs> Clinton, by the way. That was scary. You ought to like just start prank calling people and recording that shit. Uh I don't know, man. I don't I don't mean to king shame or nothing. Yeah, I'm not like you know that. But God, ketchup? What yeah. the fuck is wrong with people?
0: Well, Eleanor Roosevelt is about to strong arm a ho, he said. <laughs> the actual quote. And she gets she gets the secretary out of there. Meanwhile, Dougie Mac and General Eisenhower need to talk to Frank. Eleanor storms out, but Lewis tells Frank to go talk to her and try to work things out. The generals can wait. At night in Eleanor's bedroom, Frank rolls in. It turns out after nine years in the White House, this is his first time in her bedroom. He shows Eleanor his floppy polio legs and, and says that he might be the uh, the only president in the history of the United States who never got laid in office. So if his secretary is willing and his wife isn't, well, then, yeah, he's going to go with the secretary. And and it doesn't look like they're going to be able to work things out tonight. So Frank goes to meet with the generals. Eisenhower mentions this is a serious matter. This isn't just a hot dog eating contest gone wrong. D- did did Lewis tell them what was going on?
1: <laughs> I, I bet he probably did. You won't believe no, what you. I walked in on. Yeah, no. you seen the West Wing. You know how that shit goes. Was <laughs> the dude on the West Wing? Who? Uh, the guy that's playing his, his buddy. The guy that was on the uh, Quantum. I'm not sure. I know I'm. I'm pretty sure he's like on some show. Like I know he's like on a. He might have been. Show. He might this have been. Awesome. I don't know.
0: Well, the generals want to enter the war. Germany is taking all of Europe. Japan has taken China, and is starting to invade Russia. It's time for the U.S. to enter the war. Frank is going to go fireside on their ass tomorrow. With, while the generals go and formulate their attack plan. Cut to Frank in the Oval Office alone with his butler, George Freeman. Frank wants advice on hand, how to handle this mess and George directs him to George Washington's humidor, which is full of doobies. Nice. A collection of historical joint. Frank smokes it up and a portrait of Abraham Lincoln starts talking to him and asking him to pass that joint. Frank and Abraham Lincoln when he when he does the painting actually becomes Abraham Lincoln and like I said in the beginning we get Abraham Lincoln and Franklin Roosevelt laying on the floor of the oval office smoking a joint talking about life
1: yeah
0: it turns out Abe comes to life anytime a president needs somebody to confide in and he also mentions that in the next century Obama's going to be talking to
1: him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it dated this movie. You can definitely tell when it came out, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Frank tells Abe how he got caught with the secretary, and, and then they start talking about the werewolves. Abe says the werewolves are telepathic, and they always have been, and they consent when a true revolutionary has been born and Frank says well, I'm not a revolutionary hell I'm making this stuff up half the time and Abe goes yeah of course you are I was making the shit up as I went when in the White House too mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, and, and, and I prob- that's probably right
1: <laughs> yeah that's correct
0: then he offers to show Frank something cool
1: he can fly oh my god <laughs> And they are
0: flying around Washington, D.C. Kevin Sorbo just suspended by wires behind a wheelchair, and they're flying around Washington, D.C., looking at the various monuments. Now, Frank asked, Are they going to make a monument to me? He said, No, nah, but they're going to name a whole bunch of schools after you. Yeah. There is a Roosevelt monument in D.C. now. Um, after they after looking at a bunch of monuments, they see a hot dog vendor.
1: Oh yeah, who,
0: who recognizes Frank and starts uh starts spray, spraying ketchup and mustard on himself. So apparently yeah. the whole town knows. Yeah, they also fly past an apartment where a couple's having sex hanging out of a window. And a yeah. black man thanks Abe for freeing the slaves, because look at me now, I'm having sex with a white woman. Yeah. Well, they encounter Sam, the animated bald eagle of justice. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, my God.
0: <laughs> it's just a really crappy cartoon drawing of an eagle.
1: Yeah, it's like a uh, eight-year-old anim- animated that with some kind of uh, c- cell phone app or something. Mario Paint. Yeah, oh man, I fucking love Mario Paint. <laughs> I, I spent so many, I wasted so many hours of my life making like weird ass pictures on Mario Paint.
0: <laughs> Abe tells Frank that uh, Sam is going to take him back. He's just got to jump on his back and ride him home. Well, Frank finally works up the nerve to grab onto the eagle, but he misses and he's falling and cussing Abe for lying to him. The Eagles just flying back and forth, not trying to grab him, just flying around him as he falls. And he wakes up back in the Oval Office. Uh, Maybe it was all just a dream. Who knows? Uh, George offers to get him breakfast because he looks like he has the munchies. And boy, is he right. (laughs) In Dayton, Ohio, uh, General Eisenhower is planning the invasion of Normandy. And Frank shows up to inspect the troops. He gives him an inspirational talk about. Uh, before they invade Normandy, and he plans to lead by example. He will fly the first plane and lead the troops onto the beach in order to prove to the werewolves that they can't keep him down. And Frank gets up out of his wheelchair with his cane and announces that we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Now let's go kick some werewolf ass. Mm -hmm. That's not how they recorded that speech in the history books, but there you go. There's the, the real the real speech.
1: It is like if I like transcribe something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that Independence
0: yeah. Day speech, you know?
1: Yeah. It's exactly what they're doing as Independence Day, but, you know, pot yeah. had humor and shit. Right.
0: Frank is in the Delano 2000. Hirohito has been handled because Einstein finally finished that project of his. Cut to Einstein. <laughs> painting a name on a miss on the bomb called the Sake Bomb and saying to himself, nice going, Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) Frank boards his B-17 bomber, and he is prepared to take off. Call sign Wheels of Steel. Winston Churchill is in the control tower. Don't ask why. (laughs) It's not worth it. Uh, He is call sign Fish and Chips. In the White House, George is trying to tune the radio for Eleanor so they can uh, listen in on George's or Frank's invasion. Eleanor says she's fidgeting like a three-peckered puppy in a wood chipper. I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, it's like some southern-ass slang shit. <laughs> <laughs> Phrases you hear and you automatically like taste the sweetest tea you've ever drank in your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm hanging in there like a hair and a warm biscuit, like that type of shit.
0: <laughs> well, they find Frank on the radio while Frank and Frank is in the middle of telling a story about how Joseph Stalin grabbed his wiener at dinner one night. <laughs> Frank is flying over France, taking fire from werewolves. Frank manages to shoot Mussolini, and Hitler takes over the machine gun. Hitler actually succeeds in shooting Frank's plane down, so Frank has to bail out. Eleanor hears this on the radio and thinks Frank is dead, so she asks George for the bottle that Mr. Daniels sent over. Uh, George opens up a book that has the center cut out of it and pulls out a bottle of whiskey that he hands to Eleanor and she drains it in no time flat. As the plane goes down, Frank is crawling toward his wheelchair and before he gets there, there's a, a chest, a trunk, uh, also on the airplane, and it opens up, and Clevon Buford climbs out of it.
1: Oh, God.
0: He stowed away in there to be available to Frank if Frank needed help. So he helps Frank into the Delano 2000, and they parachute to safety, except Clevon doesn't have a parachute, and he's going to die oh, now. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Meanwhile, down on the ground, Hitler is shooting at Frank as he parachutes to safety. So Frank just spins the wheels on his wheelchair and starts shooting silver bullets and firing his rocket
1: launchers. It's the crappiest CGI. It's ter- it's horrible. I mean, slightly better than that fucking bird from, like, earlier in the movie, just, like, a minute ago. But, yeah, it's still, like, really crappy. There's that one yeah. scene where they're falling and, like, uh, like... FDR is falling in his wheelchair and the other guy is like falling beside him. And it reminds me of that one part in uh, Roger Rabbit where uh, Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse are falling on either side of Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That whole, that bit, it it looks straight, just straight up like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's it's always funny the way, um, and it's a straight up cartoon scene because they will fall at the same rate. While they have something to say, and as soon as the conversation's over, one of them is just going to shoot down to the ground.
1: Yeah, and the other one comes lighter, and it takes longer for him to fucking fall. Yeah.
0: Well, the radio says it's been 16 days since Frank disappeared, and there's been no sign of the president. A gay chef enters in, enters and offers everyone chocolate mousse, but Lewis sends him away. That's when Frank enters, asking who ordered the burnt honky with a side of polio. <laughs> Turns out Frank killed Hitler and Mussolini. Then he tells them the story of the attack. He's been missing so long because it takes a while to wheel a wheelchair through sand. That's the only reason nobody's heard from him, is because he was trying to get that damn wheelchair through the sand. Frank and Eleanor make up, and she says she's going to ride him like a free pony at the state fair tonight. Uh Uh-huh. Polio legs or not, Frank is giving another fireside speech, and his secretary hears him on the radio, and she bursts into tears, falls to her knees, pulls up her skirt, and takes out a pair of hot dogs from her garters, and kisses them as she weeps. Oh, my God. (laughs) And for those who thought he was dead, Frank wants to reintroduce himself. Then we cut to Lewis, who looks straight into the camera and says, It's Franklin Delano Roosevelt, motherfucker. And sure. roll credits. Yeah.
1: There's movies that like are bad, but they're funny, you know? And they're not trying to be funny. They're just, they're a movie that someone made. And it was bad, you know, but people come and find it and it's they like it because it's funny. You know, there's something funny about it, you know. And then there's movies that are forcibly made like that. And this is one of the movies that forcibly made like that. And usually I will say stay away from those movies, you know, Uh, like that one with the Spartans and shit, and that superhero movie and crap like that. (laughs) Uh, But. Then there's some of those Force Bad movies that are so over the top. And it's, it's like, it's just, it's amazing that they got made at all. And like, who would think this shit up? And that's this movie. And yeah, it is, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's advanced for B movie aficionados and shit. So like, no beginners. But yeah, yes, you definitely. This movie, see this movie. Um, You'll hate it. I hate it. But I like, you know, I still watch the movie. (laughs) Just because how bad shit insane it is, you know? You know,
0: you can do keto and you can be perfectly content with keto and no carbs in your life. But sometimes you just have to eat the donut with extra sprinkles on top of a pile of mashed potatoes. And that's what this movie is. This is the donut with sprinkles on top of a pile of mashed potatoes.
1: Yeah, the donut burger of uh, B movie delights. The
0: Luther burger, yes.
1: Yeah, I just want a big greasy cheeseburger on a donut. Thank you. And (laughs) hey, this is what they came out with. Uh, Yep. There's some there's some great bad movies that are like that, but uh, most of them are just like someone like sincerely wanted to make a, a movie, and they just they didn't know how. These people know how to make movies. They just and they made did this, this pay- anyway. Yeah, they made this for a paycheck. This is like a probably a bunch of union guys and like a bunch of friends, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you went in on this." And you're like, "Yeah." Well, what, we've
0: what's seen we've seen it before. Where they will make a movie deliberately to lose money just to fix their taxes for the year.
1: Yeah, and uh, man, whoever like green like this shit must owe a lot of tax money because. <laughs> It's like the biggest <laughs> people I've ever seen. And I have seen some fucking stink burgers, dude. I have seen some really pretty <laughs> movies. And I can honestly say this is probably like up there in the top five. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is um, <laughs> one of the smelliest, cheesiest movies we've ever, ever discussed on this podcast.
1: It's a literal dumpster fire, Mike. It definitely
0: is, yes. Yeah. All right, man, I think that's a podcast. Oh, yeah.